0: And hey everybody, coming not from Summer Rain Studio, but from four corners of the goddamn earth. It's another episode of Rage Across the Internet. And hey, it's the live show. As always, I'm your host Porter. Somewhere, possibly to my left, we've got producer Joey. Hey guys. Um behind me, somewhere, is uh our buddy Tom.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: And uh, fresh off parole, Daniel Tyson. <laughs> I was waiting,
2: you son of a bitch. <laughs> but four corners huh that that makes this earth pretty small <laughs> in
0: square
1: yes you're absolutely right there it's flat didn't you know that
0: you know I was talking about an Umbro realm that where it was flat the other day but um hey if you're all joining us it, we're not alone here we've got uh, we've got a whole bunch of folks with us in uh, in our discord here to participate in our second live show and I want to thank each and every one of you, for joining us today uh tom who are we having uh in audience today
1: well we have astrid we have klaus we also have Stu, nicole carrie that's what i'm going to call you because that's what you got as your name and your conscience
3: i like that your conscience i really appreciate that
1: it's a good one what does my conscience have to do with anything
2: on
0: this
3: we all need a spare conscience just lying
0: around. <laughs> we appreciate you too. Um. So yeah, for this show, we thought uh, it's been a while. We had a lot of fun with the last one. So we thought we would uh, just kind of get together with you guys. Take your questions, any topics you want to talk about, and generally just uh, bullshit have a good time.
2: That, that sounds, true. yeah, this is going to be fun. I hope you guys got all these questions ready.
3: I'm sure they have tons and tons of questions. But I don't know if I'm willing to answer all of the questions that they might have.
0: Well you don't answer them truthfully.
3: Oh, okay, that's the <laughs> game we can play. Nice.
0: <laughs> no that's one a- ever talked about honesty. <laughs> Hold on.
2: <laughs> we said we would do it. We didn't say we were gonna be honest about it. It wasn't in my contract, so oh, wait, 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 whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. You guys gave Tom a contract?
3: He's the one who asked for the contract with the writer for only the yellow M&Ms, though. I mean, that's really the only thing that's in that contract, so fine.
1: After they offed number five, I needed a contract. (laughs) So so where's my contract?
3: Well, there is the, the clause in that contract that we can off him. So, if you want one of those contracts, I can print one
2: out. I'll I'll stick to uh, <laughs> I guess <laughs> just being free labor.
3: There you go. It's probably safer.
0: All right, all right. We've got um we've got some stuff for it. And I know we've got one or two in <clears throat> the backlog, yes. Yeah. We
2: want to hit uh well, she wanted us to make sure she we knew Astrid's real name is Melissa, so if she'd rather go by Melissa, we can do that. We want to hit hers first. She was technically first to write in here. Sounds good. All right. Then Astrid slash Melissa's question is, one of the things that irritates me the most is the thought that the girl are not all that impressive. Personally, I love the healers of Gyla. What is your take on them?
0: All right. I'm, I'm going to go right out of the gate. I'm going to beat all these guys to this punch here. Um... <laughs> who the hell is saying that the Gerhal aren't impressive? Uh, I, I would like each and every one of you who has it to go grab your copy of Changing, uh, Changing Breeds and, and look at the Ron Spencer art of the, gar- the Gerhal size comparison and you tell me that Kratos isn't impressive. You go straight to hell with that.
1: I remember you showing me that. And yeah, they are super impressive.
0: Their, their Glabra was like a Krinos Gara. forget about it.
2: Holy hell. Well, I don't think she's personally saying that they're not impressive. No. I think she's saying that she hears that a few times.
0: No, no, I know. I, I know. Melissa's well, not saying that, but I'm saying that to the people who are who are detracting on the the girl over here. Whoever these roving madmen are, screw those guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I do remember one of our 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 previous stories in our game. There, there was a girl. Um, I mean. We all know Porter's not very big on the the rest of the Pharaoh because this is not where this is Werewolf the Apocalypse, not every other Changing Breed the Apocalypse. So those do get peppered in, but very lightly. So the girl in our game that we had was definitely cool, but again, very very small spotlight for that specific time. Daniel Streamwalker. I believe. Yeah,
0: right that's all right. Yeah, that, that's it. Now, now, did you guys get him killed?
2: No, we kept him alive. Kept him alive, saved him, left him to heal, left him alone, and never saw him again. For now, right? Oh,
0: nice. At that, look <laughs> at that size comparison, Chad. You tell me that's not impressive.
1: That is very impressive.
0: <laughs> yeah. So for for
2: listeners who can't see us, then it's just the uh, the picture in comparison to show the the different forms for the girl.
0: Which hey, if you don't have that book, the Player's Guide to the Changing Breeds, you could get a copy over at Drive Through RPG. Just click our uh, click the link in our homepage portal. Hey, look shameless. at that! Shameless. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs>
3: Not shameless, no.
2: All right, well then. Uh... I know we had a question a few days ago from our buddy Anthony, who doesn't look like he was able to make it tonight, so he sent one in. I just have to find it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, that wasn't posted a few days ago. Oh, uh, while you're looking for that, uh, looking for that, I'm going to take this one. Uh, take this one from Klaus, who asks, "How often do you use tribal stereotypes in your game as NPCs?" Hey, the drunken fiata the angry a Fenris, computer geek class walkers,
3: or the hippie child of Baya. I
1: was about to say that.
0: <laughs> That's not on the question. So. <laughs>
1: Sidebar. Sidebar. He leans into that one heavily. <laughs> that is that fair?
0: But I'm gonna let you guys go first. I'm gonna have to stick up for myself. You go ahead. Well, I mean,
1: it's you're the storyteller for our game. This really be directed at you because it's your NPCs.
0: Yeah, I just figured I'd give you a chance to throw them into the bus, but hey, all right. <laughs> um, it sometimes is the answer. I mean, an angry gut offenders, is all go or angry. I mean, there that is. But, um, you know, some of them I lean into heavier than others. Uh, I think a drunken Fiana, I don't necessarily agree with because they're, you know, professional drinkers. So if they're going to be that drunk, I mean, it's. <laughs> um, but I also like to break those. I mean, you look at the Hippie Children of Gaia, and yeah, I leaned into that pretty heavy recently even. But that's the, you know, that's the set uh, of the western eye. That's over at the coast. And I'd also like to point out that in that same story, they met True Silver Hills out of the New York Children of Gaia. And was that a different experience? Much different. Much different. So, you know, it's it's, I do use them sometimes to prove a point. Sometimes I'll over-exaggerate it because it's their first brush with something uh, it was that was particularly true with the Children of Gaia I, I wanted to really put the hippie to like 15 because it was such a stark contrast to what they had been used to before and then the idea was is the next time they come there I dial it back a bit because it's a more realistic level
3: well and we had that the glass walkers lab you know underneath a car repair shop so that's not where you would put a typical glass
0: glasswalker! You know enclave. That's true. Glasswalkers are kind of all over the place. You know, I mean, for every uh, for every Jim Dooley, you've got a uh, Killer Watt or a Terrorbyte. Killer Watt.
1: Yep, that'd be <laughs> the computer <laughs> glasswalker we met. Like
3: terror. Well, both
1: both like. those
0: are
2: are uh, glasswalkers we've met.
0: Those are my two favorite glasswalker names. Those are my gift to you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My favorite is how you what you based them off of Go
3: ahead I like them because it's I mean they're fun and they're you know dual purpose they have hidden Maybe not so hidden meanings But it's just it's a lot of fun with the glasswalker naming convention
2: You have any other of the uh stereotypes you want to throw in there porter
0: Uh, Not really. I mean, I think I I pretty much covered. Klaus, you think I pretty much handled that question? Are you uh, satisfied? No problem. What else we got?
2: Okay, well, I'll go back to the one we had from Anthony a couple days ago that he sent in. What's the creepiest thing, narrative-wise, that's ever happened to us in-game? Not like someone was being a creeper, but in-game stuff.
0: Oh. Okay, I was going to say that time Daddy tried to kiss me.
2: You Whoa. What the hell, dude?
1: Can I say that and not tell the story?
2: The, there is no story.
0: I, I just made that up. <laughs>
3: no, for me, okay, it's hard because I have such a, a long history of gaming, but I want to say that spider with Danny's eye. That was rough.
2: Yeah, that was that was creepy. That was in the way Porter had to uh, describe it just to make sure it hit home because yeah he can tell me the words all day long but if you're describing it the way it's trying to peek out of the tear ducts and it's it's stretching the bottom of the the eyelid to try and get out and and the amount of pain and sharpness (laughs) like i said it had to hit home and yeah that that was a bit creepy
0: yeah, and to, <laughs> to further back that up, they were—he um, was peeking through the gauntlet and botched. Yeah. And so I had a I had a pattern spider come out of his eyeball, <laughs> or out from behind his eye.
2: Right. Now, me, the creepiest thing we've ever had to deal with in game, I will say, is the—we'll um, call it we'll air quotes—with artwork from my good friend Vermillion. The Black Spiral Dancer, and when I say artwork, I mean absolute disgusting. Oh man, horrific scenes of death.
0: <laughs> was that um? That was that the first time or the second time? Both second time got me worse.
3: <laughs> yeah, the kids that were strung together like paper dolls—that was pretty bad too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like every time we've had some kind of. Like, there was the first time, and it was more of the, uh, hinting towards it, was, uh, the dorm room, where a teenager, a college student was, someone drew, like, a picture of, like, Picasso, but with the girl's blood. And we didn't know who it was at the time, but it was just, like, disgusting the way he had to describe it. And then the next time, there was the, uh... Was it the Blood
0: Eagle? Yeah, I believe the, the foundation, yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, if you don't know what the Blood Eagle is, uh, cool. go watch the show Vikings. <laughs> the, ugh. Ugh. Man, was that... And again, Porter has to describe these things. We don't. You don't see that. So he's got to describe them, and yeah, that makes it even creepier. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not putting Porter down for this. He, he he's very good at describing things. Things sometimes it's a little scary how well he describes them.
0: know I was particularly proud of the uh, the pregnant woman.
1: Ooh. That's the one that got me because I was the first one to see it.
2: Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, tell them what that one was, Tom.
1: <laughs> well, as I was peering into a hut hanging from the ceiling, I think it was a chandelier was a uh, pregnant I mean, should have been pregnant, but had the head of uh, a Krinos coming out of her lower region <laughs> and she was just completely gutted up see, I'm not good at explaining this like Porter would be
2: <laughs> creeped out yeah. just remembering it, aren't you?
1: yes, very I'm kind of twitching <laughs> over here
0: Vermillion is an artist, and his work will be respected.
1: <laughs> I don't know a very... about respected, but... <laughs> well, what about you, Mr. Storyteller? You
0: got one? You know, honestly, I don't know that I do. Um, and, you know, I, I could make another joke for Fonzie's answers, but I don't know that I do. I mean, I, I took over the helm storytelling in, you know, like the mid-90s, and I've probably played 15 games since then. I just I don't have anything that compares, I'm afraid. So sorry for the loser answer this time.
1: Oh no, you're fine.
2: I think you're getting enough credit with the amount of stuff we're telling about the game here and the stuff we've had to deal with. Alright. Next question. Yes. Yes. Alright, we'll go from Charybdis here. Okay guys, we all love the game, the setting and the mood. Name something that you don't like about werewolf. Or the way White Wolf solved or tackled a topic.
1: For me, I'm a little too wet behind the ears on that question. I really haven't had anything rub me the wrong way yet.
2: Uh, I mean,
1: I I'll, I'll go
2: a little bit the same because I think if anything that Porter's not really fond of, again Porter being storyteller, so you know his rule is all. Um, if he's yeah, that's what I mean. Like if there's something he's not very fond of. He's changed it for our game to make it, I don't want to say easier for us. That sounds a little too cliche, but maybe easier to run the game.
3: I don't know if Werewolf or White Wolf in general solves topics. Like, that's not really their jam. You know what I'm saying? Like, they point out the problems and they let us come up with the
2: solutions, if we want to. That's not a bad way to put it.
0: Porter, you got something? I got, I got stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't want to sit here and go on a tirade for the next hour. I probably could. Um, and, it, and I think it's funny. I think I saw memes somewhere at some point that talks about how, you know, you have all these people who talk about how much they love the world of darkness and how they hate 75% of it. And it's not like that for me, but, um,
2: <laughs> well, I've you
0: know, seen that. Like- <laughs> uh, one more time, Joey.
3: I know you don't like the Seventh generation.
0: I don't like that. There's a cleaning product called Seventh generation. <laughs> <laughs> um, But it, if there's something, and I think Danny kind of nailed it on the head is like, I, I think that largely the stuff that I didn't like, I golden ruled. So these guys don't even fucking know about at least Danny and Tom. Right. Um, But I have done extensive um, surgery to how combat runs and in some of the limitations therein. Um, For example, you don't split dice pools in my games. Right. Um, You can use Rage Gnosis and Willpower in the same turn if you want. I I feel it it allows for um, a better expression and creativity during your turns. I don't want to limit everybody. I think when combat happens, feel like a superhero, make things over the top. That's fine because this isn't a combat-centric game. At least mine isn't. Um, so it's well, things like that. Go ahead, Joey.
3: Until Tom kicked somebody through a house.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, but that shit was legit. I mean, that wasn't even a golden ruley thing, you know?
2: It was oh, you know? a really good role. Yeah, he had a really good role, and, and the other guy was was completely unaware of his existence <laughs>
1: <laughs> until he found my paw in his chest.
0: But yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to limit. I want the limit for these guys' actions to be their imaginations and their roles and not a rule that a man in Chicago came up with.
2: No, I, I get you, and I I appreciate being able to use that creativity because it is a big deal, and it, it makes for more detail in the story. You know, instead of he just, he clawed you, that that, okay, <laughs> that's no fun. You no, know, but rather than pivot off the one foot clawed and and pulled the hand back and holding for a, a a defensive block,
0: something like that. Well, here's one for you. How about something as simple as you watch a Pac-Man go down because they got hit hard mm-hmm. so you're able to uh, you know use falling touch on the opponent in front of you to break away from him to rush to your pac-Ma administer mother's touch, saving that character's life possibly.
2: You, you can't do any of that because you had to run to your pack mate, and that was your turn.
0: Well, you would just you, get you to spend a gnosis in a rage. So too bad.
3: You're in right. combat,
0: and then what's that? You know, we don't. You have to split your dice ball So look at all those things that make that less fun. So that would be the big thing that I that I have changed, and I, I haven't liked, and I've changed.
3: Well, and if you're not splitting your dice pool, you don't get Mr. 29 Turns.
0: Yes, which I think is something we discussed at one point. The guy who split his dice pool into individual rolls of one.
3: Yes. That wasn't one
0: of my games. That was Joey's. I have
2: no idea how that actually happened. I'm still quite curious, but at the same time, like, almost
1: offended that it happened.
3: (laughs) Oh, I went and got a pizza.
1: He probably ate most of the pizza by the time he was done, too.
3: <laughs> there, there was quite a while. Like, we didn't call ahead. We just went to the restaurant and ordered it, and they made it. And by the time we got back with it. Oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs>
3: his, his turns were generally at least a solid half hour rolling dice just for him.
1: So that's fun for the rest of the group. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Good use of everybody's time. Respectful. I like it. Right. Um,
1: yeah,
2: Charybdis Charyb just, Charyb just threw in there. He's astonished that the storyteller even let that happen. You and me both, Charybdis.
3: Dude, I have bigger problems with that storyteller, so we'll just leave that for a different day.
0: Well, and, you know, look at it this way. He's not her storyteller anymore.
3: Exactly.
0: The, she got an upgrade. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sorry man I can't read that one out loud
0: <laughs> is it because is it the words are too big
2: uh, oh, I was just I mean it, I will Sound <laughs> it you, out. fine he said it creeps him out even more the fact that you're her storyteller now
3: <laughs> play a character in world of darkness game that he runs Just like you, Danny. Just like you, Tom.
2: Uh, No, apparently I read that wrong. Hold on. Uh Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. Even better. (laughs) It creeps him out (laughs) even more because it was the biggest beef you had with him.
3: It wasn't
0: the biggest beef. Tom, uh, do we have another question?
1: We do. This one, uh, from your conscience, actually. So you have often referenced your past chronicles involving vampires. Are Kindred only viable to be black and white antagonists, or can they be used in other ways by the storyteller, like temporary allies, if the group's goals align?
0: I would like to hear what you guys think about that before I answer it. Well, um...
2: It, you know, he, he mentioned vampires in the question, and I'll, you know, we go back to the guilty, right? There was a, <laughs> I mean, yes, Tom ruined the ending, but it was a different ending. And, in which case, we might have had to, I don't want to become, I don't want to say be allies, but, you know, come to some kind of truce with the vampires that were in that area that we were for our game. So uh, I kind of think of it that way. But again, not maybe not allies, but maybe... I have
3: so many thoughts on this. Because, no, they're never, they're never going to sit down at a table and, and talk shit out. They just aren't. They're, they're enemies. They're coming at it from completely different experiences. And, you know, they're both extremely convinced that their way is the right way. And werewolves happen to be correct, and vampires are sneaky, shifty bastards.
0: I'm so proud.
2: <laughs> that coming from the vampire expert.
3: But I've I've played vampire and been trying to kill every single little fuzzy butt out there. So you know I I've seen it both ways.
2: Yeah, but what about the uh? the saying, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend.
3: For a vampire, it's the enemy of my enemy is a good tool to use.
2: Okay. Well, maybe not... Well, maybe we don't stick with just specifically vampires. What about something else? I'm trying to stick with uh, your conscience's question here.
3: I mean, I could see werewolves... Working with the changeling or the mages. I mean, certain mages are probably easier to work with than others, but I just don't see vampires and werewolves teaming up as, like, you know, the wonder twins.
0: (laughs) Have you got something?
1: I'm pretty much agreeing with Joey on this one. It's like apples and oranges. You can't really... You can't mix them.
0: Well, you can. That's called juice. But um <laughs>
2: Fruit <laughs> juice, even. Uh, <laughs> it's more like apples and Buicks, Tom.
1: Come on. Oh, sorry, apples and Buicks. I forgot the saying.
3: Clowns and turtles.
0: And to be clear, folks, clowns and turtles are, are the two things that are the most different. <laughs>
2: I have a hard time believing that, but okay.
0: Um. Okay. Uh, here. Here's the thing. Here's my take on this. Is is it number one? If you have a vampire and a werewolf working together, um, someone thinks they're getting one up on this situation. Somebody. Somebody thinks they're taking advantage and using the other one. They probably both think that, and it's going to run poorly for somebody. Um. I can see the appeal. Of. of I, I can't see the appeal of wanting. I, I know that there is an appeal of wanting to have them. You know, be pals. And I can, to an extent, see situations where, you know, you could use, uh, va- yeah, vampires being used for information, you know, being allowed to, uh, we're to let you live, stupid, but you're going to tell us some stuff. I-, I could see something like that. And even then, I'm sure in the vampire side, he's plotting something, too. Um, I saw a post in the Werewolf Facebook group, or it might have been the Onyx Path forums. Ah, it's been a while but it was bitching about um, how the Garu are terrible bullies and that they can't just be friends with the vampires and how that's terrible and racist.
2: What? <laughs> was that coming from <laughs>
0: a vampire player? I think, oh, was, the meme. I, I think it was coming from a moron, but um, <laughs> there were the were people who... Uh, <laughs>
3: No, um, the LARP that I was part of, which was 120 players strong, all looked at werewolves as just this side of mentally retarded and, you know, thugs, that the world would be a better place without them. And so it was like, oh, there's a group, kill it. That was just the vampire
0: thought process. And that is stuck in my cross of heart. I don't know where to begin, so I'm just going gonna, gonna... <laughs> to circle around that for a second from from producer Joey's cheater mouth <laughs> and um...
2: <laughs> now from what I've been told like vampires sure they could kill Garu but it would not would take like six or seven of them
3: well, that's, why, yeah. that's why you have the young ones to throw at the guru.
2: now again I obviously don't know shit about vampire
3: they're not
2: good people. Well, no, clearly not. But really, are Jaru good people either?
0: Well, to finish my point for a second, if it's cool. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> go for it, Dick. Um, no, it's it's that you know this this guy posted this and it's it's I, I'm sure he was just clueless. But the thing that you know, I, I think people have to remember first and foremost is that whether or not a kindred knows what the holy hell of the worm is, they stink of the worm. They're, they're walking corpses and by existing, they're kind of spitting a guy's eye. So, like, there's already kind of a disadvantage there to begin with. Yeah. So, did that answer
3: the question? So, <laughs> we kind of circled around a lot on that one.
0: Really, I I think we should just stop being bullies and just be friends with the vampires now.
3: Oh, would you knock it off?
2: Yeah, I don't believe you.
1: Yeah, I don't believe him at all.
3: We missed a question from Nicole.
1: We did?
2: Yes, we did. Oh, my apologies, Nicole. Question
3: is, what's the longest game you've been part of?
2: This one?
1: (laughs) (laughs) my first one <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, this is this is between me yeah. and Tom. This is our this is the only game we've ever been a part of. And we've already been going on for a couple of years. I played
1: D&D, but it didn't last this long.
3: And like I don't know how to answer that question because it's like, okay, do you mean continuous time playing? Because that was I think 19 hours um but the longest running game in terms of gameplay time was the apartment where it was running 24 hours a day and we'd like get up and go to work and just be written out of the game and then when we got home we'd grab our character sheet and sit back down and get written back in oh that's cool yeah, that ran for around two years. Like, straight. We had different STs.
0: Hmm. Um, for me, uh, if, if you want to go length of a singular game, I want to say maybe 14, 16 hours. Um, in terms of the same group, same characters, I'm going to call that the Silent Howl era. Which I'm estimating, again, I, I can only estimate, to be somewhere between 1997-98 like to like 2002.
1: We're creeping up on
0: going to be your longest here. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Of course, you know, that group played every fucking week.
3: Exactly, exactly. It's a different amount of gameplay time when you're playing once a week versus when you're playing, you know, once a month, once every two months.
1: Well, you know, adulting sucks, so.
2: (laughs) He's he's right. Adulting sucks. I'd, I'd rather not adult
1: most days. But I, I had like to teenage years when I could do that.
0: I, I will say this though is the quality of games today are way better than they were back then.
2: Oh, yeah, that's kind of you to say. Yeah, I'll get used to it. I think he likes us. Ah. No wonder we're doing so well in this story right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was all on the hot dice from Joey.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She. She gets. I'll say she gets about eighty percent of that credit. Oh
1: come on! We fight a thunderworm and she takes zero damage. <laughs> <laughs> Not she only did did that,
3: damage. I took zero damage from the phomori and the thunderworm. Like that whole thing, just no damage.
2: <laughs> still a really awesome story.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: All right, Thank so, you. so, so we'll hit the next one here. Another one from Charybdis. Unless we missed one from Nicole again. We didn't, did we?
1: No, I just scrolled back up.
2: Alright. Alright, then from Charybdis. In a story, what is it that keeps your interest? Is it mystery solving? The action stuff? Socializing? And, and I'll say for me, right off the bat, it's all of those things. It, all of those things are are what make our stories one, why they last so long and two, what keeps them going. You know, we're, we're constantly, you know, yes, we'll have some action things, and we're, we're in the middle of combat, but then you're done with combat, and you have to decide what happened. <laughs> what? Why was there combat? Y- you have to go tell what happened. You have to go tell the, the story of how that happened. And then the mystery solving usually the mystery solving results in the combat. So, yeah, for me, it's all of those things. And that's why usually our stories will last 10, 12 hours.
1: Well, I'm going to take a different route on that.
3: It's uh, not really bad. <clears throat> um, I mean, we're texting uh, on the thread all month long, mm-hmm. talking about different theories and trying to solve the mysteries. Right. So it's not even just when we sit down around the table. It, it follows us out into the world.
2: Yeah. No, I, I remember you between uh, the three of us, me, Tom, and Joey, we were <laughs> sitting there trying to des- to decide what direction we're going to go for that, that mystery-solving problem. You know, it, could it be this? Could it be this? Well, I think it's this, and here's my reasonings why.
1: And Porter loves to throw in 50 million red herrings. (laughs) That, yeah.
2: Porter Porter likes to play devil's advocate a lot.
0: Well, it's because you want to talk about the thing, and I obviously can't talk about the thing. So I will just play devil's advocate, so I don't accidentally give you guys anything.
1: (laughs) See, and I miss the days when I could read you like a book almost. You had to change up your writing style pretty quick.
0: Or I just stop playing softball.
1: But that, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that one.
0: But Tom, you were about to break into a thing. You said you were gonna you were gonna go the other way with that answer.
1: Well, I was going the other way, as in what's keeping my interest is honestly seeing what Porter has for us on the next time we show up. It, it, I, sorry to pat his ego a little bit, but his writing is just that good. And then the other part of this is. <clears throat> How Daniel Tyson is going to take every situation. <laughs> Get his tinfoil hat out, you know. Yes,
3: the t- <laughs> hat keeps me entertained. Yep. Very. There,
2: there, there are three questions before this, but I have to point out that as you said that, Charybdis, is how many strings and pins does Danny's conspiracy wall have? <laughs> um, I lost count. Yep. <laughs>
3: It's not just one wall.
2: It, he has turned the corner and he's on the second wall now. <laughs> I yeah, I mean it's it's nice because we just mentioned that uh, Tom, Joey and myself will have a, a text thread going and and you know, talking about the different conspiracies and different ideas of where we're going. And that's awesome for me, so I don't have to do that myself <laughs> and <laughs> And when someone walks by me at work, I'm not talking to myself anymore.
3: Oh, you still are. It's just...
2: No, just not as much. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> no, it it's it feels good to bring them on that bring them on that train with me. Yeah, I've
1: ridden on that caboose a few times.
3: Whoa, phrasing.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh man. And you know for damn sure that's not getting edited out. No. Live
0: Live show, brother. No
2: edits. (laughs) Alright. Sorry for the the few that were in before that, but I had to throw it in there just because it was said. But uh, another one from your conscience here. The setting allows for various time settings like the Wild West, the Modern Era, and even the Apocalypse, what do you feel is your favorite to play in, and which do you feel is the quintessential Werewolf the
0: Apocalypse setting? I'm going to open that to you guys first, in case you have an opinion or something you'd like to see, and that's, I feel like, in the spirit of it. Hmm.
2: It's, It's difficult for me to answer, because we only have the setting we're playing in currently but I, I kind of like I like the, the era we're in though because it's it's not quite the most modern one it is set back in the 90s but you know I, I, I liked that time
1: <laughs> I won't lie that is my favorite because it's like you've got the technology a little bit more for the Glasswalkers to play with there's more Weaver, and you can you can relate to it better. Most of us, you know, we lived in the 90s, so we know how it is. And it's not, you know, super technology like it is now.
3: I was playing World of Darkness in the 90s, <laughs>
1: you know? But I'm just saying, it's, that's the time setting. I, I like the time setting we're in because there's not cell phones yet, stuff like that.
3: I have actually played a Wild West game, and... I didn't really get into it. But I think that was again about the storyteller and the level of craft. Um, I am interested in playing a Wild West game, but not at the expense of Porter's game.
0: Um, yeah, for me, it, it again is the '90s, and I, I do think the um, the quintessential setting probably is the '90s because that's when these books came out, and it's it's almost there's a, a time capsule feel to it. Yeah. Uh, but um, aside from that, uh, the, the, that, that kind of time capsule quality, it is uh, kind of no what they've said. It's the technology, but not too much technology. You know, the idea of, you know, your your pack is going to spy on some shit. They're doing some recon, and then they find, you know, two packs of spirals over a thunderworm pit, for example. You know, well, in a modern game, they could just get on their cell phone and go, hey, we need help. And in fact, there's, uh, I believe it's a Glass Walker gift then you could moon bridge to the fucking phone, so it's 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 you know it's dial it army, to where in a nineties game they've got to go like find a payphone, and hope that nothing has changed while they're running around looking for a payphone. I mean, you know, you also had that where that technology was starting, so you know, so you could have some exceptions, but it's not everywhere, you know, and, and I feel that that detriment in the technology is helpful to to build tension, to put a sense of urgency behind something. Um, you know, as far as those other settings, I'm, I'm interested in a Wild West game, but I'm, I'm also not a massive history buff. And I feel like that's important if you want to run a game in those past settings, because you need to relate to your setting to, to really make it alive. And I'm not confident you know, like like a Dark Ages game. I like the Dark Ages; it's a cool time. But what the fuck am I going to do with it? I, I don't know what I would do with that. You guys are in the forest, and it's still forest. And now there's more forest. And and how is this not D and D now? I'm going to have a going to have a cobalt jump out of the bushes at you because I don't know any fucking about it. It's just it's wasted on me. I I, I appreciate. It. I, I think it's cool. It's just it's wasted on me. And
3: like. Sergey's talking about the Nokia brick and cell phones being out in the nineties. Yeah, there were cell phones out in the nineties. But I don't know a fifteen year old that had their own smartphone, you know? That's it, it's just the level of availability.
0: Absolutely. And you know, you guys have page. well Joey, you haven't been to the set yet, to the home set. <laughs> but there are pagers. That's you know, that's part of it too. Hey that this Home is beeping you.
2: <laughs> Freezing? <laughs> no. Home is beeping you. It's just funny to say. That's all. So, all right. Are we ready for the next question, or would you have a little bit more?
0: I, I feel I feel comfortable with the answer.
2: Okay. You got another one here from Melissa. So there are lost tribes like the white hollers, the crow What would you do if a player wanted to play from a lost tribe? Would you find some way to redeem that tribe or resurrect some
0: survivors for your personal game? I would say no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and to be fair, because it's never just no, it's no. And here's why, you know, that, that's a me thing. Um, you know, because, because it's a bad idea. <laughs> um, my Virginia games, all right. My uh, there, there was this kind of Lost Fourth Chronicle I called Quovatumus, and the the purpose of this chronicle, um, it was going to be it was skeletoned out at twenty six parts. It was going to take three years in game, and it was going to be the story of how a couple packs of Garu banded together to bring um, quote white lion back as a pack totem, so that one day maybe the white howlers could return. Um,
2: emphasis on maybe
0: <laughs> right because it's not that easy you know right. it certainly shouldn't be that easy I know golden roll but look I stay by what I said in fucking episode two just because you can doesn't mean you should mm-hmm. um, you know and I had this thing fairly skeletoned out, you know and yes surprisingly I had red herrings all over the place you know it was the pack with um, some of the elders from their sept uh, a new pack of uh, you know they had just met and, and for you guys, you know, Danny, Joey, Tom, that was uh, Defense and Desire in the actual Elders. So you're running with, like, Kasai and Jonas and in Bird.
2: Holy oh, wow. crap, yeah.
0: Um, And, you know, it was going everywhere from the Shadowlands to the Abyss to, you know, um, you, you were hunting down mages, um, lo- looking through the battlegrounds for clues, for artifacts to try to find a spirit. They were doing everything, you know, under the sun. And, you know, eventually they would have been successful. But here's the thing I realized. And this is why it never got wrong. One of the reasons. Is I realized that once, once this this was over, right? Theoretically, they do this. They win. They bring back White Lion. And he's going to be their pack totem now because, you know, bring him back and then go, yeah, I don't want your help. Fuck you. That's not how that works. <laughs> no. So now he's their pack totem. I mean, he's weak as hell, obviously. But you got to start somewhere that's admirable. But what did you just do? Lion, after the fall of the White Howlers, joined Griffin's Brood. So now the Red Talons have a fucking blood feud against these players, specifically. The nation is going to be torn in half as to whether or not to allow this to happen. So you're in the hit list of, let's say, maybe half the nation. You can't even break that down against Tribe, because people are going to feel how they feel. Um, Then you have the idea of you're going to have to expand Lion's influence. So this game has now turned into... Let's someday try to resurrect the White Howlers the game. And that's untenable.
2: Yeah, that doesn't... That doesn't even sound interesting.
0: Yeah, you might have fun with that for two or three stories, and then you're tired of it. And even if you're not, that's not the game you signed on to play. That's not fair to do to people.
3: Right. It's, what that game is, is a gimmick character in long form.
0: There you go. So that's why the answer's no. See? It's a it, bad idea. It's, it's,
2: it's not just no. It's no, and here's why. There's a lot of cool questions out here. I'm excited.
3: No, I know. Okay, Danny, next question.
2: All right. Uh, that one was from Melissa. Then we'll hit from Stu here. So do you have any advice for someone wanting to start off or build confidence as a storyteller? Maybe ideas for a first game or even the size of a group?
0: Personally, I won't play with more than five people. I think it, it gets a bit too um, cumbersome. Um, other, you know, that's that's my mileage. Um, you know, simple is the best way to start, and it's okay to start simple. Um, make it make it personal. Um, you know, and I've I i do not know if it really applies here. I've been itching. Well, we're going to do that the post mortem on the the Patreon soon, so I can I can hold off there because I don't know if it really applies here. But like, even a small idea, you know, um, it's it's okay. You have plenty of time to work up to killing the Nexus crawler, or or taking out the worm hive, or even the Spiral Pack, is a lot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so one of the monsters of the week are fair game. You know, it doesn't have to be a chronicle that leads from A to B to C. You know, under a microscope you can eventually bring it around and, you know, three Chronicles later go, bring somebody back and they go, Oh, that's what they were doing. Was that help Porter? A
0: little bit. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the little, little push there. That was, that was some fun mind flooding right there. Uh,
3: okay. AST to the rescue.
0: Holy shit. Uh, I'm glad you dusted off that cape over there. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the small games especially starting out can be the best and you know Monster of the Week just to get people get their feet wet, that's great. You know, for these guys I write a four part chronicle. Just just four stories. And, oh, in the um, beginning. Yeah, just to see yeah, if we like it. Yeah, because I didn't want to like invest the time into start writing something vast and blah 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 blah, and then they go two stories and I don't I don't wanna do this. So don't have fun, don't don't exert yourself, don't try to Write your magnum opus, just, just let it go, let it go something small, let it go something fun, um, a dumb concept you saw somewhere that you thought you could do better, you know. And and again, like Joey said, there's always room to go back. You know, point of fact, stuff that happened in that first four-parter has come to bite them, maybe not bite them in the ass, but has come come full circle with them here in this, uh, what is this, the fourth prodigal?
2: The uh, fifth.
3: Yeah, fifth.
2: If you're counting the if you're counting the the four part story, the short one as the first one, then yeah, I think this would be fifth.
0: Maybe your players.
3: And <laughs> let's not forget that there's still a violet hunter's blood hanging out with Ada Bisi.
1: <laughs> she wasn't even there for that story, and she remembers it. I
2: I I remember it. I just I try to forget.
1: <laughs> You'll never forget.
3: I know. I just love making Danny
0: paranoid. And, and sweat a little bit. My my favorite part about that is I've said on multiple occasions that's a dead thread.
3: Yeah. And I and, keep
0: back. and I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not going anywhere.
2: <laughs> I still don't believe you until that vial of blood is back in my hands in that game.
1: Oh, it's already been used. <laughs> you're just making it worse no I'm not come on you think he hasn't used it yet
3: (laughs) little voodoo dolls all around
0: you don't even have that arm anymore what are you worried about (laughs) good point
2: (laughs) right there alright Tom did you save the next question
1: I did this one's from Charybdis it's uh what's your favorite totem Danny start us off
2: now that depends on what he's asking. Is he talking about pack totem? Is he talking about tribal totem? Yes. What's your favorite totem? <laughs> <I don't think. laughs> well, he's, he's typing and giving a second here. Oh, he's both. both? Well, shit. <laughs> <See? Yeah. laughs> um, I'll go with uh, like I'll go with the pack totem of bear. I mean, yes, he's not our pack totem, but but just. Reading that one, it was was just really cool. You it's know, a- it's, the, it's the strength. It's it's also the uh, it's kind of like it's the strength of the pack because you you get you get mother's touch from that one too, don't you? You do. Yeah. But it's also the the might, not just the strength, but the might of the bear.
1: Pack wise, I was always a fan of raccoon, but I think it's more because of the way Porter played it. But I've really enjoyed that one. Just I, I just enjoyed uh, scrounging, like just that type of totem that just is always going to be there, scrounging, always just still getting at it. Plus, gives me good benefits.
3: <laughs> How about what what's in it for you. Yeah. Um. I mean, I like raccoon, but honestly, if you're going to say what's your favorite totem, just point blank, I'm, I want to go with
2: Cuckoo. I'm really, <laughs> <laughs> I remember this.
3: <laughs> yeah! That little bastard. Like, just the cojones. Yeah. I'm, I'm with it.
0: Uh, I, 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 I have...
1: Supporter.
0: <laughs> it, no, I mean, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, and, and I, and I kind of hate that I'm going to go with what I think is the obvious answer, and that's Owl. Yeah, yeah. But um Well from from a storyteller standpoint, I love that you know, I love playing Owl. That's 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 the most fun. Um, you know, and like we like I fucking gushed about, you know, on yesterday's episode for Crying Out Loud, the Strider episode. You know, yeah. Owl, you know, is a totem of wisdom, at the same time he's a bird of prey. People go, I don't want some dumbass wisdom to Owl will fuck you up, man.
3: Hey. Cuckoo might not be a bird of prey, but he knows people who know people. That's all I'm saying.
0: You know, Owl Spirit Brood includes the twice-born, which is the skeleton of another totem who is his bitch.
3: It's
2: <laughs> 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 the best way to put that. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's... That, can, can you own another species any harder? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Now I, I've said it as pack totem was bear, but if you want a tribal totem, um, I I'm probably going with Fenris. <laughs> this is just the ultimate badass. Rat. And Fenris
0: I'm not. Does rock.
2: Yeah, he's, he's just. I mean, hell, you, you look at the show Vikings, <laughs> and that entire show, everyone well, all the main characters at least, are all Get. All of them.
0: <laughs> Secret
2: werewolf show.
3: Secret werewolf,
2: yep. Yep. <laughs> Klaus says, summon Fenris Troyce and tell me how many fingers you still have. <laughs> I'll tell him I can give him my left arm, which would probably suck, because once he realizes I don't have a left arm to give, he'll take the rest of my body.
3: Oh, I do
0: like that anyway. Are you saying Fenris wants your body? <laughs> oh. Maybe for food.
2: <laughs> Carib is saying, which is actually the price he takes. Yes, we know. That one's... <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> i
3: lost track.
2: Say that again, Joey? You are breaking up a little bit.
3: Any more questions? I've lost oh, track. Oh,
2: We've there got you a few... More.
1: I got one more at least. Uh this one's from Sean Sean, sorry. How do you manage spirit brood conflict in the long run?
0: I have so far been fortunate as to uh, I haven't had to deal with it. Um the, the closest I can give you is um a conflict between one of my NPCs having offended a spirit. And that was uh that's the case of our, our old buddy Segment Raidmaker.
2: share the story with the class yeah I was gonna say how, how, how
0: did Sekhmet I mean, just offend you that. no 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 sorry, I had a little technical issue there I'm sorry guys <laughs> um, Sekhmet was uh, once upon a time dealing with uh, the spirit of grain and if um, you're familiar with grain um, she, she appears as a, as a human female uh, who's rather um, well endowed and, and wears a, kind of a low cut top and Sekman had trouble finding where her eyes were.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he was corrected and still couldn't find them. <laughs> she went to draw a map, and he somehow ended up going south. And so now he has um, been forbidden to finish any beverage that would contain grain.
2: Including? No, all old, of them. No, oh, I was going to say, including good old
0: beer.
3: Mm-hmm. any green based beverage
0: it's it's a fun running joke that he he's somehow unable to to, to not stare at her rack so he can finish a it beer <laughs> it's all he's got to do is say he's sorry he can't do it
1: <laughs> i mean that is that fits his character very well
3: <laughs> yeah yeah that does
0: so that's the closest i can come to that answer i'm sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was that was it that was the last question Oh my God! Was it? Yeah.
2: Well, uh, we're we're already uh, over an hour here, so you guys have more questions, throw them our way, quick.
0: Yeah, I think that that might be that might be a wrap up. If um, in any any last bits. Um, I'll say well uh. We got a mirror, couple. Mirror.
2: Oh, what's got, up? We got we got uh one two three typing in, so maybe they got something.
3: I love when it just says many people are typing. Or several people are t- <laughs> typing. I love when it.
1: talks
2: people.
3: to four <laughs> What's the best trade?
1: I
2: think I think he meant tribe.
3: <laughs> he was taking um, seriously. <laughs> honestly, my uh, answer to what the best tribe is is the one you're playing in a game.
2: The, the one that speaks to you the most.
3: You know, I mean, if you're playing, if you're playing in a game. that's your tribe oh black spiral dancers no get
2: get out (laughs) of here get out of here with that shit (laughs) alright then another one from your conscience is: uh, can any kind of spirit feasibly be a totem or are we limited to the totems from source books
0: Um, I I think theoretically any type of spirit could it's it's a matter of um, that spirit's power obviously but you know, I think a clever storyteller can um, can make that happen. Uh, you mean, I mean, I obviously, you'd have to come up with the stats and the ban and all that. And you have to be careful with it, um, especially if you're grabbing something that's not, you know, from a source book. You're gonna want to you, you want to power it appropriately. You know, if it's a, it's a newer concept or something that's it's largely ignored. Um, obviously it's not going to hold up to something like Fedris or, you know, um, Almighty Dollar.
3: Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, can we get easy credit as a...
0: <laughs> no, you can't, but other people can. <laughs> Damn it.
3: <laughs>
0: and it,
2: just to, real quick, I, I know I cut Sean off from his question because he just wants us to tell everyone why the greatest tribe is the silver Silverfangs.
0: Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> um, the fact of the matter is, uh, that was a pretty amazing answer. Um, yeah, she put
1: us in her place. I mean, it really can not top in that answer.
0: Yeah, so. And,
1: and it really was a good answer because I, I see the pull from every tribe. It yeah. I see every tribe's pull, but it's just really what you built that character to. That's, that should be your favorite at the time when you have that character
0: you know and I mean like you can you can argue over what is is the best all day long and it's it's not the fangs Are you happy now I've said it it's not the silver fangs <laughs> um,
2: every tribe except the silver fangs is the answer
0: <laughs> <laughs> um you know I, I think I think probably to, to take another step out of it I think a, a big danger is. Only drinking one tribe's Kool-Aid. Yeah. Gentlemen. Wow. Is that, you know, there, there are all the tribes out there. There's a lot to, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to love about the tribes.
3: Gene puddle. You know, I
0: think as we've gone... Th-
3: That's cracking me up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, there's, there's something there for every tribe, but there's also something wrong. And we'll use the, 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 the term wrong loosely. Put a little quotes around it with every tribe. Um, yeah, if you find one that works for you. But don't, there's more than one good tribe. I don't care which tribe you think that is.
1: Oh, uh-oh. Yep, yep. We all just got a text from Mr. Tyson. The cat pulled the plug on his computer. Oh, no. god. <laughs> Holy shit.
3: Oh, boy. Well, I'm glad I'm recording then.
1: He'll <laughs> lose the last little bit. <laughs>
3: that's okay. I got it.
0: Okay. Well, I, I think maybe... Um...
3: I think we wrap it up, because we're over an hour.
0: Yeah, we're well over an hour. And we lost Yeah, we lost contact with Danny. I think that's going to be that time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so first things first, guys, thank you all for showing up. This, this has been a great time. I'm really glad to have been able to do this with you guys. But yes, Daniel Tyson's cat has decided the show is over. And this just destroyed his <laughs> computer. Yep.
1: Hopefully it'll turn back on.
0: You know. <laughs> thank you for your questions. Thank Fuck Joey, was recording also.
1: <laughs> this is why two people were recording for mm-hmm. when that happened.
0: Um, we will be doing these more often because this is just fun. And it's great to interact, you know, firsthand like this and talk to you guys about what you want to talk about. And it, it's good stuff. I enjoy it. Hey, Danny. Welcome um, back. So thank you so much. Um, I want to thank you guys for, um, and, and you guys who were not here, you know, let's, let's remember that is uh, Those yeah. of you who couldn't make it, you'll be listening to this next week with the uh, 20th? I believe so so you know hello uh hello from the past
1: (laughs) hello future us
0: yes
3: it is the 20th
0: so everyone here and the people who will be listening next week we want to want to thank you for all your support you know um if you want to help us out you know how to do that you know um go raise five stars it makes a big deal on the back end you know uh we have our patreon uh we have if, if you want to help donate if you're in a position to do that we have cool stuff that we give back we actually just recorded last night um one of the the gifts for the patreons uh, that's going to be showing up later this week and uh it it came out really really nice we're just going to see about some tweaks to it before we hand it over um you know we've got that if if you for some reason don't want anything back there's the paypal you know, there's our Amazon portal. Um, they're just telling people is a huge way to help us out. You guys have heard this all before. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. We gotta get the word out, and you guys can do that, and that's a big deal. But again I wanna thank you guys for everything. Um in behalf of uh the missing Daniel Tyson.
2: <laughs> nope, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. I, oh, my. I I'm I'm gonna go bury the cat here in a moment. Nice. Yeah.
3: No, no animal oh, no, her,
2: I'm not. I'm not killing him. I'm just gonna bury him. Danny. <laughs> Danny. Oh, that was. Yeah, sorry. At
1: least know. your raid roll was successful.
2: <laughs> oh, if I if I had one, I would have frenzied. I'll tell you that much. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, let him finish
0: his wrap up. Yeah, we're uh, we're just about to say goodbye. So. Um... You know, on behalf of uh, the we now found Daniel Tyson. <laughs> uh, you know, our, our our guy Tom, producer Joey, and myself. Again, thank you again so much for for being here, for supporting us, for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Have a good one. Be excellent to each other. We'll see you.